Whatever, like. Yeah, reaction. Well, now you can put love or wow yeah. or cry. Yeah. Or <laughs> I want, gonna, I, I want I someone wanna, to, yeah, I want someone to cry because I'm going to an event. <laughs> I, think, I think what I'm going to do is I'm going to just, from this point forward, start clicking the cry or angry one on every single one of them, no matter what. Oh, that would be hilarious. Somebody, somebody posts some really happy news, cry. Podcast Junkies, episode 97. In case you missed it last week. I went on location, CBS Radio, and I had a conversation with Gamer Tag Radio. The three folks this time, not just Danny Pena, who I interviewed a couple of weeks ago, but the whole crew. It was an opportunity I really couldn't turn down. Danny was in LA, he lives in Miami, but he was here recording. He's on the CBS uh, network, play.it, 10-year podcasting veteran. And it was just fascinating to see him at work in his element. And I was so proud of how far he's come and his ability to reach out and look for opportunities to lift other folks higher and get them engaged and part of his success. And so it was really nice to be able to do that. And the feedback was really positive from the Gamertag radio community. They were really happy to have and listen to a conversation with their favorite hosts and learn a little bit more about them, which is after all the objective and mission with this show. So if you're new, my name is Harry Duran. Every Monday-ish, I release a new episode, and I call this the podcaster's voice, or behind the behind the podcast, I think back of that VH1 series, Behind the Music. It's sort of like that. Uh, I'll let you in on the lives of some of your favorite and my favorite podcasters. So this week is no different. Someone who's been podcasting for a while now. And he, his name is Eric Fisher. He's the host of Beyond the To-Do List, a very popular podcast. And we just really went all over the map, as we tend to do with these conversations. And I'm, I'm glad we finally got a conversation, a, a, an opportunity to talk, excuse me, because we connected at the last podcast movement, number two, in, in Dallas. And believe it or not, all this time had gone by and we weren't able to, to connect and make this interview happen. But... I'm glad we did. He's really nice, really nice guy, and he's just such a wealth of information. His his current job is as as the um, the social media um, contact for social media marketing world, and uh, he does a fantastic job with uh, in that role as well. But it was fascinating to get his take on podcasting because he's been listening to them for a while. His influence is Merlin Mann's Back to Work, which I've, you may have remember Chase Reeves referencing as well. So I hope you enjoyed this conversation and really uh, listen closely for some of the, the insights that Eric has, having done it so long. Um, he's really, really good at what he does, and it was a pleasure to get to pick his brain and, and get to know him a little bit better. Eric Fisher. Hello. <laughs> This is probably in terms of like the ramp up between initial thought of having on the show to actually having on the show. This might be the <laughs> the longest time in between. But thank you so much for finally making it out into podcast junkies. Yeah, you're you're welcome. And and here's the thing: I don't typically because I do a show where I talk to other people and record others. I don't typically reach out and say, "Hey, can I be on your show?" Like that's just I I hate when that happens. And so. 
then I realized uh, podcast movement was coming up, and it was a while ago. Like I, I'm wearing the shirt now, the podcast junkie shirt. Yeah. And and we had, and you had said, hey, here, have a shirt, and you can be on my show. And I'm like, great. So then I remembered. Oh, it was okay for me to reach out to you because well, <laughs> you had already invited me. Yeah, I had invited you, and I had wanted to have you on. Uh, I think even before podcast movement, I think. I don't know. I think I might have even reached out cold before we even knew each other. So if I go searching through my emails, I'm sure there'll be something. Yeah. <laughs> something there. So how you been? Nice. I'm great. Yeah. You exci- yeah. excited about podcast movement? Yeah. I'm looking forward to seeing everybody. It's like camp, summer camp for podcasters. <laughs> I think the people that know uh, that and have been know exactly like that's why they're so chomping at the bit they're so excited because we get to geek geek out it's it's probably like what people who are into like superheroes feel like when comic-con comes Comic-Con, around. yeah it's like podcast or comic-con <laughs> well now i'm starting to think we should maybe start getting getting some more outfits into the into the mix yeah like microphones as like nunchucks and stuff or you can dress up as your favorite podcaster Oh gosh! I don't, uh, <laughs> wow, I don't know. I don't know about that one, but it, that, that would be interesting. That would be an interesting. Uh, well, I can see people dressing up like Sarah Koenig from Serial. You know, get the glasses, <laughs> <on>. <laughs> like a Harry Potter vibe or something like that. Yeah, so. yeah, or Mark Maron. Yeah, I'd have I'd have to do a wig for that one, but still, I've got. I don't think I, I've got to look through my plaid shirt collection and see what I have. I could I'd, probably pull that one off if I had a wig. You, you're closer. So, but I have. I definitely don't have ripped jean shorts. I don't have that either. Like, that, did you see just that? not my thing. Did yeah. You, that was crazy. <laughs> <laughs> He's just roaming around the post party, like, uh, in the, pla- I think flip flops too. He was, uh, flip flops, torn jean shorts and just like hobnobbing. I just remember, uh, and I took a picture of this cause I, I wanted to point it out to a friend of mine who wasn't there, who loves his show. Uh, it was prior to his, uh, keynote where he was sitting down in that conversation and, and I had just gotten a pic, a selfie with him in the in the hall, but he was sitting down, you know, like against the wall on the side of the whole keynote auditorium, yeah. not in the back in the green room. Yeah. And I thought that's so cool. Like he just it's like whatever does things. So I think yeah, he just doesn't care, or I I don't know that he thought too much about it. That that he's literally like a I, I don't want to say podcast god, but he, uh, everyone there knows who he is, looks up to him, and I would rival. You know, they they would want to talk to him as much as a comedian would, right? Just and for completely different reasons. Yeah, I think so. I mean, that's the thing for him is he's got these two different spheres of notoriety. So this was one of them. I mean, yeah. tons of podcasters there and he's that and he had just done that interview with the president a couple of weeks prior to that. Yeah. So and it was crazy that uh, I had reached out to Brendan McDonald um who I had on a show, on the show a couple months ago. But I I reached out to him like a week two weeks before the Obama interview not knowing obviously anything about that was going to happen and he's like I'm going to be a little busy, you know. I was like okay, I'll, <laughs> I'll I'll reach out to you in a couple of weeks and then the Obama thing drops and I was like, "Oh, Okay. Yeah. That's what yeah. you that's what you mean by a little busy. <laughs> that's great. But it worked out. Um I guess uh, I'm leading up to Mark Marin himself at some point. Gotta put the intentions out there. Yeah. He is a podcaster, right? I I would say so, yes. <laughs> <laughs> what have you thought do you listen to his show a lot? See, here's the thing. Like I like what he does and it's it's um it's it's gonna this is gonna sound negative, but it's not. Um I have a friend who really likes his show and I like it, but not as much as my friend who's a fanatic. And 
So I, what I do is it's one of those ones where I listen to it when there's somebody I really like on it. Yeah. Just because there's so many great shows out there. Oh, yeah. And this is one of those ones where it's great and it gets to a real depth with the guest. But if it's a guest I don't know or don't really care about, it's not as big a deal for me. So, Yeah, I mean, at this point, we all have to be picking and choosing. Even with our most favorite podcasts, I, I'm, I'm like, ah, I don't have that half hour. <laughs> yeah. And as much as I used to listen to every single thing from my favorites, like you said, you know, I, you now have to be more discerning. And, and, if, and I feel that when I'm producing my own show, I don't know, I don't know if you, you've thought of it the same way, but you almost have to make every single episode like be able to stand on its own merits. Oh, totally. And, and then here's the thing is, uh, I'll go back to the, the, the Mark Marin, uh, what I just said is had I come across him sooner, I probably would have gotten into a groove of listening to him day, you know, week after week. I think he does more than one a week though. Yeah, but anyway, week, yeah. yeah. So I would then be so hooked on his personality or his style or his show that it would be one of those things where I never would want to miss one, regardless of if I knew who the person was or not. That's a really coveted like piece of attention space to have from your listeners. Yeah. And I know that I have some of those. Uh, but I don't, <laughs> I don't have the ego to expect everybody listen to every episode of mine. So, yeah, I'm wondering, have there been specific episodes, or maybe just uh, widening it out to other shows? Have you found yourself listening to an episode of a podcast and said, you know, that's something specifically that made me think about how I produce my own show on a regular basis? That's a yeah. That's a really interesting question. Um. So the so let me rephrase like what you're saying is is have I listened to somebody else's episode and then gotten maybe insight onto how how to make my show better yeah based on listening to theirs I would say that uh, one of the ones that I like the most and I was listening to this probably before I was well no pro I was listening to it's Dan Benjamin. And uh, Merlin Mann, their yeah. show Back to Work, mm -hmm. still that that's the one where I've not missed, I've never missed an episode, and it's going back like five years plus at this point. And their banter, their insight, their productivity slash family life slash tech, all that kind of stuff. It's it's a it's a big old comedy slash tech show, and the way they do their ad reads so naturally and just so give and take and um. You know, they present the pain point, but they don't make it as like, have you ever, dot, 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 you know, blank, insert blank here. Like they don't do it that way. And and that's what I strive for when, when I have an ad read, like okay. that's the way I go. So like, that's the first thing that comes to mind. Um, yeah, yeah. Dan does a really good job of that. I listen to him mostly on the podcast method and he'll literally be like, and then I was walking down the street and holding my daughter's hand and, and yeah, you know, you with your daughters and then he just goes into like a commercial. I was like, wait a minute, how do you do that? He just like slipped into the commercial. He's, he's so good. He's like the podcast, uh, ad read ninja. He sneaks up on you and suddenly you're like, what? You just sold me. And I didn't even know you were telling me about a thing. <laughs> yeah. So that's yeah. a good, that's a good model to follow. Yeah, I, I really like, I have always liked uh, the way Dan approaches that, for what, sure. What's interesting that what you brought up about listening to Back to Work for such an extended period of time is, uh, and I think you slightly alluded to it earlier, where if you get in early enough, you become invested in the relationships of the, the hosts 
And over time, they're going to naturally start to reveal things about themselves um, and then that, that are personal, that sometimes don't even have anything to do with the show. And then you start to feel, I imagine it's what people who watch soap operas feel because they've, over a period of time, these characters grow and like, you know, like I feel with Walking Dead or something, like I've seen Carl grow from like a boy to a man and just like, oh, I can't miss it now. Like I'm, I'm missing his whole story arc. But there's an aspect of story arc, growth, family, and, and just the fact that you've invested the time is like now you probably get more, and correct me if I'm wrong, but I think you get more out of the episodes than someone who's just coming in now and doesn't have the back history. I, I totally agree. I think that there's this level of personal connection that we all know is inherent in podcasting anyway with, you know, and I, we could tout all the, you know, podcastings, this, this, and this, because it gives you like your listeners, they've got your ear there. You're in their ear. And I'm like, anyway, over time connect, you know, connection over time equals relationship. And so the relationship, if the if the relationship is already there, when a really impactful episode drops, of course the listeners that have been longtime listeners are going to get way more out of it than maybe somebody who just first you know is a first time listener to that episode. Um, and again, it's like you said, it's based on the fact that they already have this connection with you, the uh, the host or the producer. Um. Especially if you actually interact with your audience outside of the show itself. What's been some of the most interesting interactions you've had with listeners to your show? <laughs> well, what was funny was I, I literally, and this ties in with what we're talking about. I had a guy yesterday who said, all right, I've listened to every single minute of your show. Done. And I said, wait till a little later today. And so <laughs> I dropped another one. And then he said, all right. He posted a picture on Twitter. said, all right, I've got this lawn here to mow. And I've got your last up, your latest episode. And I'm going to get caught right back up. And so that was, I mean, could not have come at a better time. Like the fact that he told me he'd listened to every episode and the fact that I knew I had one more great one right ready for him that right when he said that. And uh, then the fact that he went and listened to it right away. I mean, that, yeah, that's such a heartwarming feeling. I, I got a little bit of that mm-hmm. uh, because I was wearing the shirt last year at Podcast Movement, and you know, people would just be stop and be like, "Oh, I love your show." And you know, you just you it's you really don't know. I mean, I wish Apple would be more open with subscribers, and we could. I would do so much more to like every person on that list if I just knew. I'd reach out to them if they were in town. I'd, I'd surprise them at their house. You know, cool stuff like that. It's just it's just a shame that we can't have access to figure out who it is that, you know, is our fans of our show. Yeah. I I think that, I mean, obviously somebody out there who's a marketer or in that realm is, and I guess I am part of that (laughs) is saying, get them on your email list. Then you can, you'll know. And like, but you only have an email, um, or get them into a Facebook group or get, you know, this, this, and this. And, And again, we can do all that, but sometimes I struggle with that because part of what I want to do is not just interact with every person who's listened. I want to spend time making my show. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, it's a hard, hard thing to juggle. Have you had feedback from someone who, because of the information that you've provided on your show, has done something with the information and in a way that's changed their life? Yeah, I mean, I know that there's. I mean, I get emails. I've got that mechanism set up on on the site, so people can just send me random emails and. Uh, once in a while, I'll just say, hey, 
go go here to the site and click that and you know if you have any feedback anything at all they, and they do and you know nothing specific is coming to mind right now but i've had people say like i've restructured my day yeah. i've uh i've you know i'm i'm getting up early or i've got i finished this project or i you know have made more time to spend with my family like all those th- all those things that i want them to get out of the show like it's happening yeah so yeah what what was the impetus impetus for you or the inspiration to start something on that topic on on the to-do list well, I knew for a while. And so, so the, the real short backstory is, is I'd been a podcast and listener for, for 11 years now, like 2000, nice. summer 2005, iTunes dropped the, uh, uh, podcasting into iTunes on the sidebar there. And I, you know, I was like, you know, I'm sitting there at my data entry job and, uh, iTunes pops up on my windows, my Dell, Windows machine there, and it says iTunes has an update. So I said, "Sure, bathroom break." Click, and I went and came back, and it's there. And I'm like, "What is this? It's T- TiVo for radio," is what I figured out. I could download these shows and listen to them instead of just music. And that was summer of 2005, fall uh, fall slash December 2005. I found Cliff Ravenscraft after he'd done two episodes, and. This was him just getting started. Oh, yeah. Wow. And we became friends pretty quickly, like within the next month, month and a half. First time they ever had guest hosts on anything. I was one of them. Nice. And uh, so anyway, been, been connected with him for a long time. He and I were doing a show called Social Media Serenity from about 2009 to 2011. And at that point, he made a smart productivity move where he backed off and was going to do fewer shows and make them higher quality, be able to focus more time on the show. I mean, cause at a time at the time, I think, cause he dropped like three or four shows at that point, he was doing almost 10 shows, different shows a week or something, all these different. Anyway, now I, that, that's, I mean, that's Cliff, right? Yeah, he doesn't do anything half assed. He's like, no. goes full bore. <laughs> yeah. If I could do one, I could do five. Right. No so, problem. so he, he brings me that news and says January, 2011, you know, that's what's going to happen or 2012. And, uh, yeah, that's right. And um, so I said to myself, all right, I can't not podcast. I can't not podcast. So what am I going to do? And so over the course of the next six months till the point where I was at what's now known as NMX, but was then blog, uh, blog, world. blog world, and it was in New York City that summer, uh, I went there and I came from there with my my idea kind of solidified where I wanted to, and this was before there was all these, like there was, there was a fraction of the quote unquote interview style podcasts at this time. Um, I wanted to talk to people and I wanted to learn from them. And I said, but what I want to what do I want to learn? Well, I want to learn how they do the work that they do. Mm. How do they do it so well? How do they, what do they decide to do or not to do? And as I started self-talking through all of that and taking notes, I realized, oh, this is productivity. Oh, okay. Well, there you go. Like, but it can't just be about like how to set up a to-do list and all that. It's gotta be, it's gotta go beyond that. And I'm like, I caught myself. I'm like, that's the title beyond the to-do list. And so it was born and I started recording immediately. Uh, so to the question, I'm sure all listeners want to have answered is, have you finally made it beyond the to-do list? I ha- well, yes, obviously. <laughs> um, 
Yeah, I mean, it still plays a major part, obviously. It's it's kind of a a roadmap for my days and my weeks and even my months, but I don't go just by that. Like, you know, you and I had a different scheduled time for this. And so suddenly it was like, hey, can we move it? Sure. Boom. Done. And didn't matter, you know, because I just shifted everything around. It's it's being it's more it's it's less being tied to specific tools than it is being kind of and I'll use the the word again uh being a a, a, a productivity ninja where yeah. you can flow with what comes at you and then yeah. you use it back against it and yeah. so actually there's a real what is it there's a martial arts that's aikido. specific aikido yeah. there you go i always loved hearing that described where it's like you use the weight of your opponent like right back on them and yeah. i love it that's steven seagal right it might be <laughs> Gosh, I forget those. I forget what he's done. I'm tempted in in the final post production to stick a, a Steven Seagal line. You there. better. <laughs> I'm gonna hold. You, you, I'm gonna hold you to that. <laughs> I'll do that. Um, so you know that's an interesting point because a lot of times with all these methodologies, it's it's a set of guidelines. But what you need to keep in mind is what you're desired outcome is and having the flexibility and and i guess maybe that comes with maturity and using trying different systems back and forth and you know people gtd was hot for a while and then it wasn't then it is and i think with podcasting it became a little more well known because david allen was started appearing on podcasts so um were were there certain people like david that you that you followed or had in mind as, as you were starting the show and as you continued with it well, obviously, like I mentioned earlier, Dan Benjamin and, and Merlin Mann, like them doing their back to work show was a huge like uh, just it broke the ground up. It broke the ice. It broke like because I, I was already doing a show with Cliff, so I knew I could do it. But then I thought, well, can I do do I do do I want to do one on my own? In fact, I almost thought, hey, maybe I should do a blog. And then I'm like, nah, I want, I'm going to talk. I want yeah. to I'm better off talking. So uh but then I was like, do I, do I want to do it with a co-host? I like going back and forth, but I thought, no, you know what? I want to go back and forth with someone else completely. So, But yeah, Merlin, I was already following him prior to him doing that show with Dan. And so uh, that's part of what drew me, drew me to that whole show. Uh, David Allen, for sure. Um, the Dave Ramsey podcast for oh, a yeah. while back yeah. in the day. like mm-hmm. That was when I kind of listened to religiously trying to think if there's any others that I, that were just not miss and really like that really shaped my, um, podcasting skills, I guess. One of, one of them actually was the, the Nerdist podcast. Mm. Um, Chris Hardwick, the way that he interviews slash has a conversation is really cool to me. Like I really enjoy that. And that's another one of those ones where when there's somebody on there that I really like, that's when I'll, I'll listen to that episode. So was there an aspect of performance in in your early life, like in your childhood? Like, you know, there's always the story of maybe a school play or something like that. Was, was, it, like, was it like that for you? There are aspects to that, yes. I, and I am an introvert. Yeah. But being able to use this technology and have, you know, I, and I've, I often refer to technology and the internet and all that as the Iron Man suit where I get to put that on. And then I get to be more than I am or be me out in public more. But, uh, yeah, I, I, yeah, I definitely, I mean, I, I'd done plays, all that kind of stuff. I also had like this little white, I don't know, probably fifth or sixth grade, this little white, uh, 
cassette tape recorder and I would, you know, go up and down the, the dial and hit record. Or the other thing is that my grandfather (laughs) used to bust out the microphone, uh, when my, me and my two younger uh, brothers were, were little and he would interview us. And then as time went on, I mean, I still have the tape, uh, you can play it back and you can listen to me like saying stuff at like three or four and then my brothers. And then as we get older, like I actually pretended to be a, an NPR guy really there. Yeah. That's just really funny to me now to look back and be like, Oh my gosh, didn't even realize like just to, yeah, his, uh, it was uh, Rochester, New York. And so it was, uh, w, uh, WXXI and it was public radio NPR and so how yeah. old so were you listening to NPR at that age? <laughs> Not necessarily. Like I didn't real. I, I knew it was public radio. I didn't know what it. I didn't know what NPR was. It was just it was radio. People talking. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. I guess you didn't. You just yeah. You, well, my my only early recollection of that type of sound was obviously the uh, Saturday Night Live skit with Alec Baldwin. <laughs> <laughs> yes, Pete, Pete Sweaty Paul. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, and it was like, oh, that's how people talk when they're on the radio. It's true. Like it's 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 funny how that defines like this style of th- doing things. Did you um? Do you st- you said you still have those tapes? I have the. T- I have my grandfather has since passed, but I grabbed that tape and I have it. Okay, if you can get it to us, then we'll. Uh, <laughs> I might, have, <laughs> might have to do some more editing on that. I'll see. I'll see. <laughs> that would be interesting. Um, so there, there's people that knew you, like, and have known you since you know growing up. And are are any of those people surprised at where you ended up? You know, be, with having your own show and being a podcaster. No, not necessarily. Like, that's the thing for me that's a little strange. Is like I'm now talking to some of these people that are slightly celebrity ish uh, on my show, and you know, it, 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 it almost comes across when I talk to them about it, they're like, yeah, Hey, that was a really great episode with so-and-so. And I'm like, Oh, thanks for listening. Like, I didn't even think that like they'd listen to me, you know, that's, you don't think too much about, uh, you know, like your wife's cousin or somebody li- listening to yeah, yeah, yeah. your show. It's like, no, it's just the thing I do. Like I do, didn't. Yeah. Do you remember a, a moment because you know, these stand out and then when you look back, you're like, Oh, why was I so nervous? But do you remember some of those moments when some of these quote unquote bigger names in our space, you know, came on, came on your show and you were maybe slightly nervous. Well, I was definitely nervous to have gotten David Allen of getting things done so early. And he was so nice and so accommodating and his wife works with him. And, you know, I figured, you know what, I better put in the ask and like see when in the future he might be available. And, Within 24 hours, I had an email back that said, hey, great, love to do it. Uh, how's this date and time? And I'm like, yes. Yeah. <laughs> and it was within a matter of weeks. And I thought, oh, gosh, now I have to prep for it. And it was like, oh, gosh, I don't know what to do. Like, And this was back at like episode 16 or something. So I just worked real hard, did my homework, and kind of walked through you know, the conversation a little bit and – just said, you know, I mean, you, you, to a certain extent, you have to wing it or it's not, it's going to come across as, uh, you know, very, very stiff. Hmm. So can you, can you elaborate on that a bit? That's the, the idea of, of winging, winging it, but I'm sure you mean there's some, some science behind that, right? Okay. So let me, 
Let's see here. I recently had somebody on, and so I did due diligence, and I read their whole book, and it was one I wanted to read anyway, so that was great. That's good. <laughs> um, then I, and I took notes as I went through it, and then what I even did was I said, hey, to my friend, you like this guy. You like his books. Why don't you read this new one of his, and then let's, let's have a conversation. Oh, wow. And so I even debriefed with my friend and kind of said, okay, so this is how I want to open and then I want to hit these major points and kind of have that flow there. And I, so I went in and I had my notes and everything. And we had Skype issues as we started the conversation. I was like, oh, this is going horrible. And then I was like, okay, let's start over. Boom. And as we started over, like I just broke the, broke the uh, ice by saying, okay, we don't have any Skype issues anymore. You know, it, it's good. It's gone. And we started to laugh a little bit. And then that, that kind of got into it. So it was like, Hey, it was awkward. It was nice kind of, you know, media. I was, you know, slightly like, Oh my gosh, this, like this guy's, I've read him for a long time. So it's a little bit like daunting to be like talking to you and want to come, not come across stupid, (laughs) you know? Yeah. And, uh, and, and then the second, the secondary pressure of, I have to make this good enough for somebody outside of just the two of us talking to want to listen to it also. Yeah. It's hard. It is. But I learned and I've learned over time that, being very prepared and having the notes in front of you, but then kind of just winging it anyway, can can really benefit you. I really try to picture that, like like you and I, we have video on right now, and usually I don't do that. Although I could see that being a real benefit, and I probably should try, but who knows? Anyway, um, trying to get that connection with that other person, especially if you've never met them, yeah. Um, can be very helpful. I try to picture that we're, we are both just sitting down having coffee and we're having a conversation and my notes are the, Oh, I want to make sure that I don't forget to ask them about this thing type thing. If I'm meeting up with a friend I've not seen in a while, you know? And so that's where I go with that. I actually, and I've never told this to anybody. There was somebody who came on my show for the third time and I didn't prepare for it at all mm. on purpose. Mm. One is time was tight. And two, I knew the two of us knew each other well enough that I could just hit record. We could just talk and we'd be ready to go. Yeah. And it, and then you can't tell. Yeah. And that was probably my greatest achievement. <laughs> well, I mean, Eric, that just speaks to the, the ability to pick the right guests for your show because you're going to put yourself in a position to fail if you just if you try to do that with someone you you don't know anything about because inevitably you'll just stumble and fall. Uh, I think there's something to be said about knowing or being um, strategic about who who you have on your show. And I've I've talked about this in the past. Like I've had people say, "Hey, uh, can I come on your show?" And I'm and I'm like, you know, what's your show about? <laughs> and that's like has nothing to do with anything that I do. And do you know that I only interview podcasters and like oh no you know it's like a some guy who's like a sales guy or something like that i'm like you know they don't do any homework so um i like having the connection i make a lot of connections at the conferences and you know that's where you and i connected and i just you get a feel for someone within the first 30 seconds and then obviously if you if you can connect a bit deeper after a couple of minutes then you know like okay this is they're cool people you have podcasting in common as a starting point but obviously we can just take it from there and and i think there's something to be said about being a bit more intelligent about who you have on your show. It's your show at the end of the day, right? You have to 
you have to have people and and have your guests. You have, I'm sorry, have your listeners in mind with like every episode because, like like you said, is this something that my listeners are going to get value out of? Yeah, my show is my baby. Like I can't let somebody come on that I have no idea who they are, and even if I try to do my homework on them, just find them dull myself. You pitching me, and this is a sore spot for me, trust me, because even today it's happened like three times preach, in my email. Preach, yeah. brother. <laughs> like I, it's, it's gotten to the point where, like seriously, what I, what I, and, and here's a productivity tip, by the way. What I've done is I have set up that every time uh, somebody sends me an email through my site, I have it set up uh, specifically for the podcast pitches, uh, you know, guest inquiry, whatever, you know. Uh, where it skips my inbox, doesn't be doesn't uh, get marked as uh, red, so it shows up, and it, and I've got a little thing on my Gmail over to the side where it's podcast pitches, and <laughs> they go there, yeah. so they don't bog down my inbox, Smart. and then I can see since I don't have the rule marked as red, they show up there as unread, and I know how many are sitting there, and I can just click and I can go through them, and I can see, oh, okay, yeah. My, you know, we love your show. We want to have so-and-so list of accolades that they've done about being on a, you know, being on this, this, and this, and this business podcast, which my nest not, isn't necessarily a business podcast. Although I do take entrepreneurs and business people, I want somebody who's done something unique and interesting in her, in terms of how they manage themselves or a team or, has a unique take on productivity, whatever, they so often fail to mention any of that. And it's just like, you, you don't understand. Like, you're trying to get in front of my audience, but if, if I let you, you'll suck and I'll suck and no one will listen. So it's a, it's a lose, lose, lose situation. It's a slippery slope, right? Because if, yeah. if you, you were to do that once and maybe because the name is big and you're like, okay, this person might help a little bit with visibility, but then... There's, a, there's this aspect of like selling your soul or something like that. And, you're, and you like, I love the fact that you said that your podcast is your baby because it's, you, if you do it once, you know, who's to say that, you know, you just, that's not the gateway to just like, oh, I did it for that one guy. So I'll do it for this guy. And then people listen and your longtime listeners will catch that. And they're like, well, oh, this wasn't up to the, the, the normal caliber of show that I'm expecting from Eric. So like what, what gives, you know, and, and then you start to lose control of your show, like you said. Yeah. And, and for that matter, if it's that slippery slope of this could be the episode that someone decides to stop listening. Do I really want to create that episode? No, I don't. Yeah. It's interesting. It's, it's, it's on a lot of different fronts. You know, that could be the the last episode. This could be the first time someone listens to your show. Oh yeah. (laughs) I didn't even think about that. Yeah. I don't want somebody, I don't want this to be someone's first or last episode. I'm going to have to start, I'm going to have to craft a really great, like talking point around what we just said here for the next time I talk. Yeah. Because, uh, you know what happens is, um, we don't know this happens like out of our sight, but someone somewhere out there is recommending Beyond the To-Do List, right? I love Eric. It's every show's quality. You got to listen to his show, but they can't control what's going to happen or what episode they're going to listen to. And so they're going to come in and if they're not hearing something, they're like, oh, you know, they're not going to trust this person's recommendation anymore. <laughs> they're not going to listen to your show. And right. so it's lose-lose on all fronts. Yeah. And and I just don't want to see that. And And I just... So I struggle a little bit. I to to this point right now, and you know, complete confession. Like 
I'll delete half these emails. I just yeah. will flat out delete them. I'll just say, look, I, to myself, you can't spend time worrying about the fact that these people are trying to get in front of your audience. They've already mismatched the audience. The person's already not a fit. Mm-hmm. And then two, if I write back to them and say, oh, well, thank you for your inquiry. I would like to, you know, please tell me more about why you think I don't want them to pitch me anymore. Like you already screwed up. Like you you just did. Sorry. If I don't know you at all, especially like if I've never heard of you, there's almost no, absolutely no chance you're going to get on my show. Sorry. But it's increasing the frequency of these things. Oh, it's happening faster and faster. I guarantee you right now that I could go to my email and find another one right away. There's probably one there. I had uh, Tom Webster on of Edison Research. and I love him. I love Tom. He's got this uh, segment where, uh, I forgot where it was on his podcast, where he reads the emails of the spammers. Yes. Oh, I love love that. It's so good. And they're like the broken English. And it's like, uh, Prince of Nigeria needs your help in in securing funds for the country's freedom. And he's like, so you could do the same thing with these emails and just maybe have an, a spin-off show or something like that. That would be yeah, yeah, yeah. you'd have to pr- you'd have to change the names yeah, to protect, just protect them, the, you know, spammer, but whatever. But it's like almost uh, it's just something I know this is something Dave Jackson would do. He just gets these ideas for podcasts. He's like, I'm going to do a podcast about uh what the what not to do cast or something like that. I may not even do it as a show. What I might do is just literally if you're familiar with the uh the app Anchor is just do it there. Because then it's That's not great. like I think I'm gonna. I think I'm gonna do some of those so, for real. Yeah, yeah. I, I just got. I, I just got on Anchor a couple of weeks ago, and right. I'm liking it a lot. There's. Um, I don't know how how often you're on there. I've been doing this like 30 day test where every day I just record something. I pick a theme, so it's not just. You know, there's folks that get on there and just ramble, and I'm like, uh, mm-hmm. I don't have something to say, and then I get off real quick. Well, it's only two minutes. But- I have actually come up with an idea uh, that I'm gonna kind of connect with another. Uh, productivity podcaster, one of the other productivity shows. There are not that many of them. There's yeah. probably about five or six tops that are like decent, and I, I think mine's in there. Yeah. And uh, so he and I, I came up with this idea. I said, well, now that Anchor, I saw that they came out with an app update, and you can now download yes. an entire story. Yeah. And I thought, oh, so now he and I could go back and forth, but we could also get other people that jump in and before I download the whole thing, if there's any that are just like crap or spammy or whatever, I can just remove them yes. and I can download the whole thing. And I'm going to do that. I'm going to put that out as an episode. I, my, uh, you know, the wheels have been turning ever since that update. And I, I kind of missed the first wave of Anchor. It's so funny to see all, all people that are in there and all these big names and, you know, Chris Tucker, Pat Flynn, Gary Vee. But then you see like last wave is like three months ago, three months ago, three months ago. <laughs> like right. Everyone jumped in and like, oh, this is the next hottest thing. And I was like, ah, oh, I don't have time to learn it right now. So I'll wait. And then I came in later and I just with a I have this crazy strategy. I'm, I went on, I jumped on Snapchat anchor uh, and I'm making an Instagram video and then I'm going Facebook live in my group all within the span of like 15 minutes because I said if I'm going to take the time to post and I'm going to be in a point where uh, when I either record something or shoot a quick Snapchat, then that's really not a big jump to shoot like a, a minute video on on Instagram and then to just spend five minutes with my Facebook group. And if I have a theme that goes across you know, it's something that I'm trying just to get more engagement. But I've had f- people jump back on Anchor that had dropped off because they saw me mention it in Instagram. So I think it's working a little bit. I I really liked it when it first came out, 
and thought, I'm going to continue using this. And then it kind of faded because I just didn't have time. Yeah. But I miss it and I really like it. And so I've been trying to figure out when I can make more time because I really like it. I, so. think, I think it's like everything else that it's, it can be a rabbit hole. You can start before you realize that you're like hitting the screen and, uh, you know, I'm too old for Tinder. So for me, it's just like, <laughs> I just go wave, wave, wave. And then, and yeah. then, and then I'm like, just like interesting rabbit hole down there. And then I have to, I kind of have to put a timer on myself. So, you know, on the, on the vein of productivity, I'm like, okay, I'm going to give this five minutes or 10 minutes. I listen to first waves, see who new people are jumping on and try to engage. Cause you know, when, when we jump, when I jumped on, you know, you'd like people to engage with you. So, and uh, make judicious use of uh, the hashtags. So there's podcasting podcasts in there. So I, I kind of focus in that area. But um, I think it's yeah. like everything else. If you prune it, if you follow people and then they start sending silly stuff, then you just unfollow like I've done with my Facebook feed. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. <laughs> that's, that's Curate. A, that's curating, a, man. <laughs> that seems like a sore spot for you there. <laughs> it is. Well, jeez. I open up my Facebook app on my phone, which I probably should stop doing altogether. And I just start swiping. And as I scroll, I just see some of the same posts I've seen over and over again from other people. Now, yeah. I like Facebook doesn't understand. This has nothing to do with podcasting, but it, Great, it, it's even it, better. It's uh, I think Facebook's newsfeed algorithm is completely crap. And here's why. There's no reason why if a friend of mine, even if I think I want to see everything that they ever do on Facebook or that they share or they post. There's no reason Facebook should show me something somebody else posted on Facebook just because this person liked it. Yeah. When I scroll through and I see, you know, so-and-so liked this, I'm like, then why are you showing it to me? (laughs) They didn't share it. They liked it. Yeah. Stop it. (laughs) It's made me think twice about how I engage because Facebook is like sharing every breadcrumb of thing that I do. Like if I'm interested in an event, I I see like somebody liking the fact that I'm interested in an event. I'm like, come on, man. I, I just, can I just like tag something because I might want to go to it later are and you, not are have you to... stalking me that badly <laughs> on Facebook that you have to click like when I show that, you know, that I said might be going to such and such. Like, really? It's just insane. But yeah. like, I think about the mindset like of someone like, are they really happy that you might be going to an event? <laughs> like if you're going yeah. like, oh, yeah. that's cool. You're going. But the fact that they're happy or whatever, like. Yeah, reaction. Well, now you can put love or wow yeah. or cry. Yeah. Or <laughs> I, want, gonna, I, I want I someone to, I, yeah, I want someone to cry because I'm going to an event. <laughs> I, think, I think what I'm going to do is I'm going to just, from this point forward, start clicking the cry or angry one on every single one of them, no matter what. Oh, that would be hilarious. Somebody, somebody posts some really happy news, cry. Or angry. <laughs> or do it to like, every event that they say they're going to go to. I'm like, don't, why are you going there? <laughs> yeah. Don't go there. Totally. Uh, yeah. I mean, so, social time. I mean, here's the thing. Like, I want to use social media for good. And to interact and engage and all those other words that we hear because it's good for us. But at the same time, like taking too much time to do that, it means you're not making stuff or getting the admin stuff done out of the way so that you can make stuff. Now that we're on this topic, I want to get your feedback. What is the, 
this is a little pet peeve of mine, but what do you think about this idea of people capitalizing on these like, like, okay, for example, when Prince died, right? All of a sudden in like medium, I'm like 15 ways Prince's album changed the course of like human history or, or and then you see some silly stuff like, you know, why, you know, I'm more productive because of listening to Prince's three albums. Like, it's so obvious that they're trying to ride the wave. It drives me bananas. Like, I understand moment, you know, the RIP, the, you know, rest, love your music, play a Prince video. But when they like totally like try to grab onto every little last thread of that coattail, it just, I don't know. Yeah, it's the news jacking is just ridiculous. And yeah, I mean, I can't count how many times within 24 hours that I saw uh, how to optimize your Facebook live based on Chewbacca mom. And I'm like, uh, come on. Wow. It just happened. It literally just <laughs> happened. There's no way you have this properly, fully thought out thesis on how we as a whatever can can learn how to be better, a better leader or a better this and like. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. It's, oh, it's yeah, my yeah. pet peeve too. I I can't stand it. It is fascinating because I I I kind of swiped through the Chewbacca mom. I I don't even think I've seen the whole thing. And then, I never I never watched it. Yeah, and I'm I think it was something. I I, I can t- honestly. I'm just talking out of my butt because I don't know <laughs> what it was. But all of a sudden, she's getting invited to Facebook. Uh, Hasbro has made a, a an action figure of of her. Right? Yeah. Wow. Yeah, it's the 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 the, the social slash pop culture slash just media, you know. It and we compete with that. We compete with that. Yes. For for the attention of our podcasts. And that just freaks me out. It's it's actually one of the reasons why you have to do what you do really well and have a pretty mm, drilled down specific audience that you're going for and then deliver to them well because otherwise they will forget you in the midst of everything else it's insane have you have you given that thought or is it just something that comes naturally this idea of being consistent you know showing up week over week month over month year over year like you have because uh, you're thinking about the fact that you're trying, or not trying, or you're succeeding, and you're building this audience and these these loyal fans. Oh, for sure. And and the thing is, is that I really do hope that not that I have this need inside me to be known by them, and that that's why I do it. I want to do it because I want the work to be quality work, and that there's a there's a uniqueness, there's a there's a joy, there's a fulfillment in putting out a great show in and of itself, even if nobody listens or likes it for that matter. Um, that said, I like that it does. I like that. I like that people give accolades and they like it. You know, I mean, I've st- never won a podcast award on in either of the two existing entities. I've been uh, like a finalist on one of them, but you know, whatever, but that's not why I do it. Like I do it because I just know this is the thing I enjoy doing the most and it's what I want to do. Um, I, I think that, you know, I, uh, for example, I'm doing this show that I've done for the longest. I've got ideas for other shows and none of them have the same format as this one. So 
What podcaster I, doesn't, right? All right, exactly. I hope so. I'm well, I don't know, maybe. Anyway, I I just I'm excited to do those at some point. I just know that I've got to fill out I've got to find out the way to like get some more margin in my life to to add those to the to the uh production yeah. flow. So is this one of the things that's been the most satisfying or rewarding as you think about, you know, some of the major accomplishments in your life? I think so. Yeah. I mean, without a doubt, I can say yes. And, and here's why, because it was one of those things where not only do I feel like I've gotten to a point where I just really do it well, it's that I've enjoyed doing it the whole time, even when it's been hard. Mm. And even when I've worked through challenges in the workflow, it's been rewarding. It's one of those things where it's the hardest thing and the best thing at the same time to do. And yet I really don't want to do anything else. Like I would rather spend time brainstorming ideas, figuring out how to do it, putting it out there and whether it takes or not continue doing it or doing other things like it moving forward. It's, it's, it's unique. It's, it did not exist when I was (laughs) in college to choose as a major, which is great because, you know, who knows? Things keep changing. I don't, who knows? Maybe I won't be a podcaster for the rest of my life, but uh, I sure don't see that happening. You know what's interesting is I, I think in the beginning we think of ourselves as podcasters, but what we're doing is entertaining, educating, right? And that can be applied. You know, what's, what are the mediums, what are the platforms of the future going to be? You know, I envision a scenario where I'm doing podcast junkies on a on TV or on a YouTube channel right. or, and it's, you know, two, two chairs there and some, some, something, a, a variation of between two ferns. <laughs> oh, I love that. Yeah. That's a great idea. I think that, you know, we don't know, but like, just like podcasting did not exist and even YouTube did not exist for a while. Uh, I I've said this a couple of times. If I'd known YouTube was coming, I would have continued honing my iMovie skills years and years ago. And didn't know. And yeah. and now we know. Well, I mean, we're getting to that place where like Facebook Live makes it to where you can go live in front of the entire world. Yep. And for good or for bad. <laughs> for, for for better or for worse, but what are you gonna do with it? And just get out there, you know, getting out there and practicing. So so yeah, and, and what was great for me was I was able to practice for so long with Cliff and even before that with another friend. We did a comedy show. And so I was able to practice in public and get, you know, the t- hit, hit up towards my 10,000 hour yeah, yeah, <laughs> Malcolm yeah, yeah. Gladwell. <laughs> who's, who's, who are some of your comedy heroes? Oh gosh. Uh, well, Seinfeld is one of them. Yeah. Uh, Jim Gaffigan. I really like, especially now. Um, I'm trying to think of who else, like just really, uh, Ga- Gaffigan's, here. uh, clean, right? He is, and, yeah. And what's interesting, he was just on the Honda commercial, I think, right? Mm-hmm. He's 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 everywhere right now. Well, what's funny is because you know you just it's one of those comics that you just see their 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 arc, right? They're early on, and then you see him here and there in comedy specials, and then and then they pop up in a national commercial, and then it's like good for him. Like he just stayed. It's one of those things about staying true to who you are and being good at what you do day in and day out, and eventually, like people discover you and. Like kind of run run your own race. I've studied his career a bit actually. And yeah, the fact that he even like works with his wife on his routines like that, just, I can't imagine how that works, but it works for them. So, uh, even like Stephen Wright, 
back oh, in the day. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. uh I'm trying to think of who else, but yeah, it just you study these people who it's not easy when you start out, but then you practice and you get better and better at doing it. And it, they make it look easy when they're up on stage. Stephen Wright, man, I it's just kind of like the things that he says, like make you think and and laugh, right at the same time. But then, but then the you, I I do the breakdown of like the analysis of like how does who like thinks like that? Like how does a mind work that can actually articulate a thought? You know, like some of the jokes that Stephen Wright has said is like. It's like the Far Side cartoons or something like that. Yeah, he's got that. He well, he had. No, he's around. What am yeah. I thinking? He's not dead. Jeez, that's horrible. I for why did why did I think he was? Sorry. Because so many of them are. Yeah, to be yeah, honest, so true. many of the great ones sorry, have. Sorry, Stephen. But uh, he has this unique lens that he works at, or that he looks at the world through. And then when you look at it too, you're like, oh yeah, I guess that does make sense yeah. in a weird, twisted way. But yeah. So when you think about, I don't know how, if you give this thought in terms of what you have accomplished, what you want to accomplish, your quote unquote legacy. Um, if you have given that some thought, what would you say is something that's that's left for you to do? Well, I mean, I would say that it's underrated. It's underrated to not shoot for super success. Yeah. And I don't want that. I want to be good at what I do, enjoy the level that I'm at with it, obviously grow in being able to work on the craft of podcasting and become better and better at it and just continue to enjoy doing it and branching out in doing different types of that. Um, but I would say just being able to continue to do it and not have it be this thing where it's just a side project. Yeah. That would be nice. And on top of that, just have it be something where maybe I incorporate other family members or, mm. um, or, or, you know, just th th that I have that life balance or you see balance is not even the right word. If, if anybody listens to my show, it's like worth like work life balance is not really a thing. It's yeah, exactly. like, we all try to balance. It's more like, no, you shift from side to side as you're walking across the tightrope and then you get to the other side and then it's another season. So yeah. I don't know. My success is I want my family to, you know, that that's the thing. Like my success is family, like close knit tight relationships with family and friends. And then to continue to do the thing that I love, which is primarily podcasting. That's success for me. Yeah. I don't want more than that. That's great. Have you thought about the friendships that you would not have were, were it not for podcasting? I think about that all the time. And that's, that is, and you know, to begin to go back to where we began, that's one of the reasons I'm so psyched about going to podcast movement is because there's going to be a group of people there that I don't see that often other than through scrolling through Facebook <laughs> and, uh, or private calls and I just don't see them as much yeah. face to face and get to hang out. And that's my goal this time around is just to be with those friends Someone was asking me about the which sessions I'm going to be checking out. I'm like, I, I don't know that I'm going to be checking out that many because I'm. I mean, the hallway conversations for me, and the the one on one time is really like where I get the most out of it. And I, I think at some point they just regurgitate the topics and 
and I think it's we, you know, people who've been doing it for a while. It's like like you said, they're so excited. We get that small window of time to connect with our podcasting family that we want to squeeze every last bit out of it. Totally. Yeah, that's my that's my approach too. I may look through and see if any of my friends are giving something like a you know a, a talk that even if I don't need to hear it, like I show up yeah. and be in the front row for them. For like support, that, of course, that's yeah. cool. Yeah. So. And so how you mentioned family, how important is family in, in getting you to where you are now? Well, I mean, it, it, you mean how important is it that I've, that they've supported me yeah. or yeah. Yeah. I mean, my wife says, you know, podcasting's your part-time job. So, you know, if you got to make time for it, you do it. And Luckily, it's it's brought in some money here and there that I can throw on bills and pay stuff down. And who knows it, if I can incre- if I can magnify or multiply that to a nice percentage higher than where it's at right now. You know, that's all I'm asking for. I enjoy doing the work. So, yeah, a lot of times, I think uh, the listeners just hear us on on the microphone, but they don't understand what had to happen or the support we needed to have to be able to do that and to deal with this, you know, when, when I think when my wife realized that this is more than a hobby and it's like, I'm something going to be doing for the foreseeable future, then, you know, there's some, something to be said for the patience she's having. Uh, yeah. So I'll even say this, that, uh, the, the conversation that I had with my friend where I kind of debriefed about the show that I was going to do, my yeah. wife listened in on that conversation and even interjected here and there. And so that was actually a new feeling for me where she was, inserting her opinion or perspective. And so I kind of gauged like she would say, Oh yeah, I hate when this happens or that. And it's like, okay, all right. Audience feedback, live audience That's feedback good. for the show. So That's yeah, cool. I really like that. What have you uh, changed your mind about recently? Hmm. What have I changed my mind about recently is, uh, does it have to be podcast related no, or not at all? I have, for a long time, and here's a productivity tip again. One of the, one of the guys I work with, Jeff C. He's the Manly Pinterest Tips oh, yeah. podcast guy. He and I have both been trying to like he, we're in a mastermind together, and um, he said, "Yeah, I'm pretty much quitting TV at this point." I'm like, "Really?" But I'm like, the more I think about it, the more I'm like, "No, you know what?" Like he said, "I'll watch all those shows when I'm retired," and I think that's mm. a great way to look at it. If something's really worth watching, like. Yeah, it'll be out for a while. It'll be acclaimed enough. You'll find out that it's got that it had good closure for the finale, all that kind of stuff. And it's like, you know, I think that's a good approach, especially with brand new shows that come out. And I'm, so I've changed my mind and I am going back towards that. I used to have a no new shows policy and I've switched that back on. No new show coming out, you know, in a TV season. Will I even give time a day and actually try to phase out the old ones? I've really actually whittled it down to a small handful at this point that I even watch. That's an interesting strategy because it's hard to resist, especially with social media, this, mm-hmm. this wave of interest. I mean, this apparently the last episode of Game of Thrones was like rated 10 out of 10 on IMDb. Like That's crazy. Which is bananas. I don't know if that's ever happened. But yeah, that's an yeah. int- interesting strategy because I don't know that I would recommend loss to people now having after having suffered through the... The uh, the way they wrapped that up was was pretty bad. <laughs> yeah, and I forgave a bit of it early on, 
And then that kind of went away. And then I came back to it again. I mean, I, I kind of waffled on it back and forth where I'm like, oh, that was good. Uh, good. Yeah. That was good. Yeah. And then I went to, no, that was okay. And then I was like, no, it, maybe it kind of wasn't. And, and, and honestly, I analyzed that thing to death because oh, yeah. I just, anyway, talk about having, uh, you know, coming at it from production value or, or like workflow is just this idea of, your you know you know your audience ex- is your audience's expectation and how they're talking about this show online you know you're setting yourself up for failure or to be true as an artist if you stick the landing and do the thing that you want to do versus what they're asking for you saw them asking gosh i this is way not podcasting <laughs> you saw for 6 years people talking conspiracy oh, yeah. stuff and you still painted with those colors and those brushes the entire time even though you knew you were never going to pay off 90% of what you showed us and anyway i guess you can tell where i landed on that they painted themselves into a corner i mean come on like did you not think people were going to be asking questions about every leaf on a tree in that show (laughs) you you show a book on screen obviously we're going to pick that up and leaf through it and oh maybe this applies to to this aspect or the what this is or how this works and it's like yeah anyway yeah um what's the one most misunderstood thing about you misunderstood hmm i don't know like i think i think it's possibly the whole i come across as somewhat outgoing or or ex, extrovertish and i can be that's again that's the stage presence thing like right now like hey i'm right here it's eric fisher it's like you know I, as soon as we're done, like I'm going to turn my laptop off for the day and I'm going to go crawl in a corner and no, I'm kidding. I'm going to like, I am an introvert. Like I recharge and it's not a bad thing, but I recharge not being around people. So there's actually, it's rare. There are, there's probably few select people where I can recharge with them. Hmm. But yeah, I think that's the, probably the most misunderstood thing about me is that like, I come across as like very, Jeez, I'm not not approachable. That's don't get me wrong. I was gonna be avoiding you at podcast. I I know. I was gonna say no. Don't not say hi. Like that's not it. Like it's just that I will probably after a stretch of time, like okay, go into the room for half an hour to recharge and then come back down. So, yes, it's 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 funny. A lot of podcasters have mentioned that that they're introverts, and um, you wouldn't guess that from their. From their podcast. I, but I would not be surprised because, again, the technology is now enabling us introverts to connect in a way that we couldn't before. Which is great. It is great. I love it. Yeah. I'm thankful. Yeah. Well, Eric, this has been uh, a great conversation and we jumped all over the place, which yeah. is how I love it. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much for coming on and uh, you definitely delivered on, on, on all fronts for me. Well, thank you. It's it's great to be part of the community of podcasting. And as you can tell, I'm passionate about it. Yeah. And uh, I love it when um, we spend half the show not talking about podcasting. <laughs> nice. <laughs> well, this, is, this was the point. I mean, in the beginning, naturally podcasting, talk to podcasters. But then, you know, you, the show began to grow into the personalities behind the microphone. And I just find that much more interesting. Because at the end of the day, you know, there's not like one personality type for a podcaster, right? We all 
just we have so many varied lives and we just happen to have this one thing in common so that's why i, I dig deep on that stuff yeah i love it well you're doing a great job i appreciate this it was fun so what's the best place for folks to track you down yeah, well, best place, uh, there's two places. Go to either beyondthetodolist.com, where the show is, and you can connect with me in all the different ways there. Or hit me up on Twitter. It's twitter.com slash Eric with a J, the letter K. Wait, Eric with a K, the letter J, <laughs> F-I-S-H-E-R. Man, I have never screwed that up, ever. Eric Jeez. with a J. There's people scratching their head like... Eric with a J. Yes, <laughs> No, it's Eric with a K. J Eric with a K, the letter J, F I S H E R. You know you're gonna have to go by Eric with a J dot com. <laughs> I'm not doing that. Uh thank you so much. Uh is there anything you got coming up that you want um folks to know about a project you're working on? Uh no, just planning out some really awesome future episodes of the show. Okay. So just check them out. Okay. Skim through and see if you notice anybody you like and listen to that one. That's a good idea. Well, thanks so much, and uh, I'll let you go back and crawl into your corner. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. See ya. See Bye. Ya. <laughs> so thanks to Eric for that engaging conversation. I hope you learned a little bit more about him beyond his roles as host of Beyond the To-Do List and as the social community manager for Social Media Marketing World. The... Episode this week is brought to you by Cast Source. So I've talked about it a couple times, but it's something that's been providing value for me and clients, and it's a transcription service. And Cast Source is targeted at podcasters specifically. And one of the best things about it is that it allows you to customize the output. So if you need something that's going to be PDF format, a customized HTML for posting on your website, or simply a text file, they can customize the output to match whatever your need is. Uh, accuracy is over 99% and turnaround time is within 24 to 48 hours. So give them a shot and uh, let them know that Harry sent you. Head on over to podcastjunkies.com slash cast source. We're also a proud member of the Podcastica Network. Check out the fine stable of shows. I don't know who actually talks like that, but I just thought I'd say that right now. Uh, the fine stable of shows at podcastica.com. Intro and outro music, as always, composed by Cedar and Soil. Check out his music, cedarsoil.com. Don't forget, you can always subscribe to the show at podcastjunkies.com slash iTunes or slash GP for Google Play Music. The retention hashtag for this week is going to be hashtag to do Eric. So it's T-O-D-O-E-R-I-K. And you can tag Eric at Eric J. Fisher. That's e uh E-R-I-K-J Fisher, F-I-S-H-E-R, and myself, podcast underscore junkies, with the hashtag to do Eric. Let us know you made it this far. It's always fun to see the engagement on a regular basis. So I'm happy to see some of the folks coming over to some of the different channels that I've been testing, Anchor FM, Instagram, and the podcast Junkies, Junkies page. So looking to in- increase the engagement with all of you, and you all have a channel of choice And now you can't say that there's no way you can reach me. So uh, this is the last episode that will be live before uh, podcast movement. So we're going to have some interesting conversations with some of my favorite folks this upcoming week in Chicago, Chi-Town. So stay tuned for a recap of that. I may do a bonus episode, but uh, we'll still stay on schedule. 
Next week, I have a great conversation with Corey Finneran. He's the host of Ivy Envy and Podcasters Group Therapy. So until then, uh, I'll be doing a lot of nerding out with my fellow podcast friends and family this upcoming week. And uh, more likely than not, I'll be looking forward to engaging with some of you there because I did that last week and it was such a last year and it was such a fun time. So if you're listening, please look for me. I'll be in the obnoxiously orange podcast junkies shirt. Thanks all. Have a fantastic week. Have a fantastic uh, day and uh, talk to you next week. (laughs) 